All right, welcome to another episode of the Launch Notes podcast. I'm Blake from Launch Notes. Really excited to be joined by our guest today. This is Safe Salama. Safe's at Carta, where he's the head of product marketing, also held PMM roles at a ton of really iconic Silicon Valley companies, Angel Lazinga, Affirm, Google. Really exciting stuff to dive into. Can't wait to just sort of figure out some of what Safe's learned along the way. Welcome to the podcast, Safe. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Dude, you were, we were just talking before the recording that, uh, that you kind of fell into this career with, with product marketing. Maybe give us a little overview of how you got started on this. Chance? Uh, so I, I was born and raised in Egypt, and I think my sophomore year, maybe my junior year in college, there's some career fair. Google had a booth in there. I just put my resume. I was like, whatever. Like, I guess. That, that doesn't happen. Because everyone does You didn't think, you yeah. didn't think you you'd just get plucked into Google? Right yeah, away. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, whatever. Everyone's resume is there. And like, I get the call and I take the interview and it's like kind of a, a vague role that I don't fully understand. I studied like English and comparative literature and then marketing. So like a double major being like, oh, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Cause like you're 18 and what do you know? So yeah. And then I interviewed and I got my first job and I remember we couldn't even Oh God, hopefully that's, that's not going to cause anyone any trouble at some point, but like we figured out in order for them to keep me for the full year, I had to stay a student because technically the headcount wasn't like a full-time headcount. So I stayed an extra nice. half year in college just to work at Google, but like, I didn't really have a class to go to. Um, so you just like um, held on to the ID and just, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I, and then, yeah. And then kind of because it wasn't really a full-time job. I had to find a job after it at Google and I interviewed in all these different places and they'd be like, oh, we have our own interns or like, I didn't do well in the interview, so I don't get the job. And then like one last shot was I had this interview in Singapore and I took the call and then I was like, okay, sure. Like, I'll, why not? And I thought I did terribly in the interview. And then they called me a couple of weeks later when I was in Amsterdam because I had, I was no job and out of college. So like, where do you go? And they were like, oh, we need you in Singapore in like 15 days. Nice. I got the job. I was like, cool. And that was it. And then kind of the career took care of itself over time. Very cool. So you were doing product marketing by, by that point, once you landed in Singapore? Oh, was I was doing marketing role? when I was in Cairo and Dubai. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. The role wasn't called yeah. product marketing on paper, but I was on the product yeah. marketing team. Okay. Got it. Got it. On paper, like, was it like a business kind of associate. like an ad sales sort of situation? Business associate was the oh, okay, official cool. title. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you start, look, basically you start developing the, the, the muscle memory of a product marketer. It sounds like. Well, okay. Now we're taking a complete <laughs> different path, but like week one or two on the job, my boss, shout out Doha now leads marketing for Huawei in the Middle East. She, they were shooting Google Street View at the pyramids uh, yeah. because the problem when decision-making happens in Mountain View, but mm -hmm. the local teams have to deal with the decision-making is mm -hmm. they've approved everything and everything happened in August and you don't send people to shoot stuff around the pyramid in August because okay. yeah. that is not great. Yeah, um, because so it's my second week on the job, they're like, okay, cool. The person who was supposed to shoot this has a heat, like has a heat stroke. So like, safe, we need your help. So I put on the Google street view trick and just like did the thing because like, 
I guess that's product market is like, yeah, sure it gets done. Amazing. Yeah. And then worked on the campaign, releasing it, et cetera. But I ended up with some like badass pictures with me in like the desert yeah. with, with a backpack, with the Google yeah. backpack. That, so that, you know, that's awesome. I always, I've, I've, I've crossed paths a handful of times, including with guests on this show about, you know, folks who started their product marketing career at Google and like, seems like a, a really awesome program and a great place, especially for starting your career. Like it's always struck me as one of the f maybe few big companies that like really invests in like growing product marketing talent, especially from, you know, the kind of entry level and from like the kind of college yeah. and associate career track. And like, there's a lot of, you know, really outstanding product marketers who have started at Google. Um, I, something something in the water there well, like are they just like working yeah. hard to make sure that that role like has the resources and support it needs like what is it about getting getting started there i mean i think i lucked out mm -hmm. i was not as talented as almost anyone in that program um and i struggled with that early on because i was like all oh, these people went to all these schools like harvard yeah. and penn and yale and like you show up and you're like, you just went to some school in mm. Egypt. Oh, yeah. Yes. But yeah. Like, you know, like you go through that. Oh, my God, I don't have the name. And someone yeah. told me, like, and I shared that with someone when I was there. And they're like, you got to the same place as these people, like, who probably had it a bit easier. But it was like an incredibly talented group of people. And the program itself made a lot. Like, it was great. You go in for two years. You kind of get fall into a job. And then you rotate into a second role. And mm -hmm. between the first and second rotation as an APMM, you get to travel like to a local market and work on a couple of problems, which is like pretty cool. You get 20 to 30 people all straight from college trying to become PMMs. Mm -hmm. they, you're doing a lot of grunt work, mm -hmm. but you learn a ton about mm -hmm. like how it, it's, it is a pretty cool job for someone to come right out of college and learn it. It gives mm -hmm. you my understanding of the world. How so? <laughs> <laughs> because when you take someone out of college and you give them Google and Google resources, you think the world uh -huh. works. A hundred percent. That totally you know makes I mean? sense. Like, yeah. You really yeah, yeah, walk yeah. in because that's your first idea of the world. Like, mm -hmm. yes, you had internships and blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, you're like, that's how the world works. Yeah. So it's so interesting in tech like you see that a lot and it's that's it's kind of this like you know you you could be in working in tech and it's it's either kind of like feast and fat or famine like it's like especially in like marketing or product marketing where it's like man maybe i'm at google and i have resources for everything and it's like if i need to send an email campaign there's a whole team of people who can specialize that and like help me you know figure out the mechanics of that and set me up for best practices or same for if you're doing an event or a you know social media campaign or whatever it is like there's it's such a we had a similar experience at Atlassian where it was like cool you're doing product marketing there's all these like expert support functions to support you in different things and then as as I did it's like you go back to a startup and it's like you want to send an email? Like, I think the MailChimp passwords around here somewhere, right? right. Like, right. You want to you want to stand up a landing page? Like, go for it. Like, here's the login. Like, let's let's go and do it. So, yeah, I totally and that's always my sort of expectation setting when people ask about jumping between like big company and startup. It's like 
you'll be able to like move fast and be hands-on in a way that you never would have yeah. there, but like, you're going to have to learn a lot of stuff yourself and not get the handholding for it. And, and I, and trust me, like a couple of my mentors were like, Hey, there's a huge change. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I did not definitely, I was like, there was a learning yeah. curve. Same way. But yeah. Because I, I went from yeah. Atlassian to, you know, with maybe a hundred plus product marketers to first product mark, first and only product marketer at a startup. Right. And it's yeah. like, cool, like figure it out. And it's like, as intellectually prepared for that as you might be, like, there's nothing like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right. definitely different. I was saying that like being at Google makes you in the grand scheme of like product marketing toolkit, if there's anything that Google has made me great at, it's like writing briefs and writing mm. like it, it, documentation. Like, yeah, I think it was, it's an invaluable skill. Yeah. Yeah. Can, I mean, can you talk a little more about that or like what, you know, what might you, what did you learn about that? Or like what, you know, what kind of made that click for you or any, any moment or takeaway on that? Cause I totally I agree with you. Your point, like what I mean by like, it skewed my understanding of the world mm -hmm. is after I left, I would go to different companies that you mentioned earlier. And I'd be like, where's the brief for this thing? And people would look at me like the idea of a brief wasn't very common yeah at least like yeah it's like we, we just talked about it what do you mean <laughs> right and yeah they go like or they have like a prd or like something like that but you'll talk to teams and there won't be like initiative briefs or mm -hmm. these ways of making sure we're all aligned on the same thing yeah and the flip side of that is i've worked with product marketers who write high level briefs and like long briefs and google was really mm -hmm. good at like what they called the napkin brief which is like it needs to nice. fit on a page and if you can't fit mm -hmm. it on a page, like you really don't understand what you're trying to do because if you did, then you could eat very concisely tell yeah. us what it is. I love um, that. Yeah. And that's one of the things like that has always pushed us to become more targeted and more focused and like very aware of what we're trying to do versus like larger briefs that can have like a bunch of scope creep because you just mm -hmm. don't, you're not as detailed as you should be. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I mean, that's one of like, that's like the hardest, like most important part of writing in my opinion is just like, how do I boil it this down? you like, basically like, how do I do the work of figuring this out? So the reader doesn't have to, so the reader can yeah. just get it right away. Like, but a lot of, it's like, for me, like lazy writing, number one is like, this is just every thought I have on this. And this is just total scope creep. There's a bigger conversation I could do about how we teach writing in this country that <laughs> encourages a lot of this and creates a lot of bad habits that we then have to unlearn. But yeah. yeah, like the ability to do that in a concise way is super important. Let me ask you this then, because this is something I struggled with as well, like kind of being in a similar situation. So if you do that, like kind of go from Google to a startup, when you encounter things like that, where it's like, oh, it's like, that's not done here. There's the urge. I've kind of had it this where it's like, you have this conflict around like, well, should it be done here? Like basically like who's doing it, who's doing it wrong? Or like, should I be the one who is open-minded and changes my way? Or should I bring it? Should I be the one who introduces this, this thing that I, you know, always thought was helpful and, and brings it to here? Or am I being yeah. too big company guy and need to change my ways? How do you kind of like wrestle with that and figure that out? I could tell you how I would do it today versus how I did it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I, yeah. That sounds familiar too. <laughs> like I could yeah. tell you, yeah, here's how you do it. Or I could tell you, mm -hmm. here's how, what actually happened. And like what I learned from it is like, 
what what actually happened is I shut down. I panicked because I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not what I'm used to. Uh, So I didn't know how to operate in that world. And I was very, 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 very lucky to have a great manager, Michael Mm -hmm. Herrick, who's now Mm -hmm. in a firm, um, Mm -hmm. who really like sat with me and was like, what's going on? Like, let's actually, like, this is Mm -hmm. not the same person we interviewed. Like, we think we need to work on these things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that also changed changed my perception of managers as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Over time, when you see someone do that with you, it stays. And he pushed me and like, I found my groove at Zynga and I was like, okay, I get, okay, the world doesn't operate that way. And Zynga wasn't like a very scrappy startup, but yeah, yeah, it was still big. The scrappy startupy stuff was at Affirm, but I think I would have failed miserably at Affirm if I went from Google to Affirm right away. I think I would have failed miserably. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, yeah, Michael really helped me see like how to operate in that world. And once I got comfortable with the lack of resources, I got uncomfortable with the pace of operation. So okay. I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I get that we have to do some stuff in a little bit of a scrappy way, but mm-hmm. mobile gaming moves a bit slower than I would like to mm. like move. Got it. And that's got it. Yeah. Where I was like, I need to find something a bit more fast paced. Got it. And then so you Zenga to Carta then was the journey. Zenga to affirm. Oh, Zenga to affirm and then affirm too. Yeah. Angelist, Angelist to Carta. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I wanna I wanna be sure we I wanna get to Carta because I'm sure there's something yeah. to talk about there. And yeah, first off, what a company. I mean, we're, we're customers. I think probably every startup I've been at has, has been a customer. Um, but you mind maybe setting the scene a little bit just around like product marketing and marketing, especially like kind of what was going on when you came in and then kind of where, where are we at now and kind of how's that timeline played out? Yeah. So I joined Carta almost a year and a half ago in August of 21. When I joined, we were a very early marketing team. So we were about maybe 25, 30 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember my recruiting call very vividly. Jane, who's our CMO and my boss, like called me and I was like, no chance. There's no chance I'm going there. Like, no way. And we had like this they, like, they, like they wouldn't take you or you didn't want it? <laughs> that I didn't want it. I was like, no yeah. chance. I was yeah. like, no, 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 come on. Because they were like a direct competitor with Angelist in certain places. So I was oh, like, sure. yeah. it was an interesting relationship. Um, so I was like, you know, okay. And then we kept talking for a little bit. And in most of my career, I've optimized for something or the other. And in this case, I was really optimizing for my own growth because when Jane and I chatted, she was like, product marketing is very important for us as an area of investment and growth. And like, you hear all the hiring manager stuff. It's like, oh, your profile is great, blah, blah, blah. And you go like, sure, sure, sure. But like, let's actually talk and see if this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we talked and it made sense. And kind of things that AngelList were starting to feel like, okay, the investment in marketing is not going to be the same in terms of like what I want to do. So by the time I joined, there was Carly, who was actually the reason I got introduced to you guys. Carly, her background, she had extensive background at Carta and then moved into PMM. And I was like kind of the first person from outside of Carta coming to do PMM. And we built the initial team together for the first year or so. Yeah, about that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then kind of my focus area slowly increased from one business line to three. And then over time, I've taken over the team. So I think between me joining, we went from 
two-ish PMMs. Yeah, when I joined, there was two of us. And then mm-hmm. now I think we're going to be 12 or 13 before the end of the year. And the marketing team also went from, yeah, anywhere from 30 to 40 when I first joined. And we're about 120 today. That's that's pretty incredible growth, especially one or two on the PMM team to 11 or 12 in a year and a half. Like, I can't imagine how many interviews that was. Just to hire that many people, I'm sure you're talking to 100 plus candidates. Like, were you just interviewing people? Have you just been interviewing yeah, people for a year I've straight actually, or what? I've asked Sophie Lee's are recruiting, like, how many people I've interviewed. And I think she mentioned something along the lines of like 100 or 107 or something like that. All right. I don't, I don't care if you're setting out to be better at interviewing or learn great insights at interviewing or, or anything, but you just do anything like that many repetitions, like you're going to learn a lot and you're going to grow a lot. So what, you know, what like interview realizations have you had having done, you know, having been on this much of a run of, you know, interviews and hiring? You know, like uh, something I, and I'm sure everyone does that. You pick up different habits from different companies you've worked at. Cause you're like, Ooh, that's a very cool way. They look at stuff. Yep. Like I, that yep. framework makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yep. one of the first things I did when I joined Carta is like, we did what is called competency based hiring, which mm-hmm. is, I took that, that framework I learned at AngelList and really it, one, it takes out all biases because then you're just asking people specifically about like each person goes in with a area of expertise that they test against versus saying like, Oh, see if you vibe with this person or like ask them how you would work together. It's all based off of like specific competencies that are important for a PMM. So for example, like some of the stuff we ask about is like mercentricity. Is that something that this candidate exhibits or not? And it's like kind of, here's what a good answer sounds like. Here's what they might overuse. Here's what they might underuse. And it's kind of more of a framework that focuses on that. Mm. So that helped a lot in terms of like, how do we interview in general? So mm-hmm. you're not, yeah. so when a panel is interviewing some, one person, we're really talking about the, the area of expertise versus, and the competency versus like a, a, mm-hmm. mm, this answer didn't really sit well with me. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then the thing I learned scaling is like the skill sets that I was looking for early on changed dramatically. So like PMM higher number one looks very, very different than PMM higher number like 10. Okay. Sure. And I sure. would say like, yeah, PMM number one probably wouldn't be on the team today. Like if we're mm-hmm. hiring for the same yeah. Yeah. I get that. And that's a good, I think it's a good call out. Like I, people hear that kind of thing and the sort of visceral reaction can be like, oh, like one of those people is like, they're not good enough to be number 10 or they're like, you know, they're, they wish they, you know, would have hired someone else or blah, blah, blah. Some of the most like, I don't know, self-aware, intelligent people that I've worked with are very good at knowing like, when they're, they themselves are right and wrong for a role. And like some of the yeah. best people I've worked with have like intentionally left companies or joined companies knowing like, Hey, like I was, I was the right guy to be, you know, the first CMO here, but I'm not right to be the public company CMO right. here. Or I'm, I was the first, I was good to be the, you know, to take the revenue org from someone else, but like, I'm not the right person to stand up a reg- revenue org in a similar yeah. company. And there's like a level of like self-awareness to like, 
what's your kind of calling card to like where you can slot in and like the best candidates seem to be like really good at knowing where their lane is for that too. And will admit themselves like, yeah, you know, like this, this sort of trajectory, this like moment is, is not my specialty. So I'm just going to avoid it entirely. Yeah. And I think like, that doesn't mean you can't evolve into doing these other things, but like a hundred percent still evolve into these things. Right. So yes. And the other thing mm -hmm. is like, just be honest with the people you're like hiring and talking to. Like, Mm -hmm. And if you really genuinely invest in their growth, like you can turn that person into PMM hire number 10, like you actually mm -hmm. can. Mm -hmm. And that, mm -hmm. that for me is what makes doing this even worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? A, yeah. I mean, even outside of hiring, like a ton of, a ton of growth there on the team, like what else have you learned about, I don't know, just like developing, you know, whether it's developing talent or scaling a team or how you kind mm -hmm. of like place people and build out the, the product marketing org there. Like so many questions I'm sure around this come up, but what have, <laughs> what have been a couple moments where it's felt like, okay, like something's clicking here. Yeah. I think it had to, personally, I had to get comfortable with the seat. Very mm -hmm. transparently. Like when I first joined Carta, my thinking was like, the idea was like, I'm going to focus on one or two business areas and there's going to be someone to come and lead all of product marketing. And over time I ended up being that person. Mm -hmm. So the plan, like from a mindset standpoint, going into the role at Carta was like, mm, I don't know if I'll do it at Carta, but I might do it somewhere else. So first mm -hmm. was me getting comfortable with that. When mm -hmm. did I know it clicked? I think the past month or so it started to fit yeah. all together because yeah. I didn't have full overview of the whole team. So you don't really have a good sense of whose strengths and weaknesses are, where do you need to develop talent, et cetera. Yeah. So that, that was a big one for me. The team now is starting, I will say like everyone knows where they fit and what role they play and our relationship with products and our relationship with sales. Nice. So it, mm -hmm. the, the learnings were for with talent and development were mostly around like my, because I've never done it. So my whole thing was do what you wish people did with you when you started your career or at different stages of your career. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And something that I learned to get comfortable with, which I first was like very, never really thought about it as a strength is like very few people spend their entire career in product marketing. Yeah. So yeah, I really, really, and I've done it at different sizes of companies. So I could really relate to where different people's like strengths are at different stages and I could like, because I've done it. So when someone's going through a campaign or through a research thing, like I know how to guide and what their things that they're running into, mm -hmm. just learning your team and where, who brings what. And then now when we're hiring, we're hiring to like round out the skill sets on the team versus yeah. like generalists. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And a, and a good point about people kind of the time in their career they spend and the fact that you don't have a lot of you know, as many folks as you'd think, like who dedicate their career to product marketing. I mean, I've got, I don't know, I've, I've bounced back and forth between product and content a couple of times. So I've got probably like six collective years of product marketing experience, call it that I could stitch together. And it's like, I was even, even with that, I was starting to feel like an OG in some of these conversations because I think a lot of people come into product marketing and they're like, well, like this will get me, you know, what I really want to do is be a PM or what I really want to do is, you know, be a CMO or something, or, you know, go up to yeah. demand gen or be a founder or something like that. So it's like, yeah, it's like, it's an awesome kind of 
launch pad and foundation of experience for those other experiences if you want to do that. But yeah, like when you start looking at like the field of like, hey, I need like a 10 year product marketing veteran for this team. It's like, it it could be pretty sparse out there. (laughs) So uh, it's yeah, there's that. And my previous manager at AngelList, Helen has like a, she, she was very specific. I asked her like how she and like grew in her career and how she focused on specific because she did PMM for her, her experience mm-hmm. like Quora, Dropbox, Plaid, so a lot of developer tools. Mm-hmm. And one of the things like that stood out was like it was like oh, there's very few people who know how to talk to developers and do product marketing for developers, yeah. let alone people doing product marketing. So like yep. the talent pool strengths and your career kind of starts falling into place. And mm-hmm. I kind of had the same benefit coming into Carta because like very few people are in this like product marketing and private markets and like know mm-hmm. how to talk about mm-hmm. the system, et cetera. So like, yeah. also it's a very specific type of skill set in that world and the FinTech background helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great, great, great context for all that. Absolutely. What would, I, what's your advice for people interviewing for product marketing roles. I'm sure you had a lot. I'm sure you learned a lot about what works if you're interviewing, like what are those moments or what are the best candidates do that make them stand out if you're actually on the other side of the table? I think when I look at the commonalities between people that, or like the things, the competencies that I always look for are like structured thinkers Mm -hmm. and structured thinkers are usually very good storytellers, especially if you're a PMM. So I think like know your story and like, use examples from stuff you've worked on. Also, it's okay yeah. to say like, I haven't done this. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like not everyone mm-hmm. has done everything, especially the earlier in your career. Like mm-hmm. there's different, like most of my questions to candidates are always around like examples of stuff they've worked on. Yeah. And you should know the stuff you've worked on. You should know what role you've played on it. And like, yeah. you could say like, Oh, I haven't done that part of it, but like, here's how I probably would have tackled it. Mm-hmm. It's always been like, it's for me, the, the candidates that do really well, one, they know their stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by know their stuff, like the stuff that they've worked on, when you ask them about it, they can answer their questions very clearly. Yeah. Yeah. They can answer the question very clearly. They could tell you a very clear story mm-hmm. and you can have follow-ups with them. So like, it's an intellectual conversation. Yeah. Uh, and candidates that like are very honest about like what has worked and what hasn't and what they would have done better. Have always yeah. been ones that stand out. Yeah, yeah. Also, be yourself. Like I, I see a lot of candidates come in. I'm like, you're putting on a personality. I was like, just talk. Like, yeah, we were yeah. the literally our job is to talk to people all the time. So just, right, just right. be you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's got to be the intimidate. If if you're in any sort of like sales or marketing interview, it's like, all right, like you're also being evaluated, like in the event that you're like the face of this brand or product, like how's the impression, right? Like, can you, can, can you kind of put on a good first impression because you'll well, be doing that for customers, you'll be doing that for the market in, in a lot of ways. And my advice for hiring managers is like, know who you're hiring for what role. Like if that's what right, you need in a right. role, screen for that. But you, mm-hmm. I don't need my whole team to be that. Like that, I think it's very, because yeah. then you start hiring the same types of people. Yeah. That's why yeah, I'm always totally. competency-based because I'm like, not like there, I don't have anything that's like, are they a good pre- presenter? I was like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they do the work, I care about the work way more than I care about like anything else. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I love all that, especially around like, you know, 
knowing your story, being able to kind of like have that narrative, your, your narrative such that it's like, oh, like, even if like the way things happened was kind of random, you can kind of like explain this in a narrative way where it feels like, you know, part A led chapter one, yeah. led to chapter two, led to chapter three. Like that's just narrative thinking that like is a sign of great communication. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, my little, this has always worked for me because you mentioned like heavier examples, heavier sort of like, or like anecdotes, but like heavier examples ready that you can talk about. I think that trips people up. People get intimidated because they're like, I'm going to, they think they're going to have to have to have an anecdote or an example story for every single thing they've ever done or every possible question they could be asked. And it's like, no, like have your, you know, you need three, two, three, four kind of, you know, examples in your back pocket that you can call on for 95% of interview questions. Like when yeah. did shit go wrong and you turned it around? When did, you know, something, when did something good happen and you learned something or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you yeah, can have those like, stories you can call on depending. It doesn't matter how the person asks it. You can kind of adjust the context and answer it with right. that story. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Because most of PMM work is kind of repetitive in your first six-ish years. Mm -hmm. You just do them at different levels. Like, it just yeah. depends on when you do yeah. Some people start early on the research side. Some people start early yeah. on the go-to-market side. And then you need to develop them. Yeah. But the frameworks yeah. should all be kind of kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, safe. I could talk about this stuff all day. I'm obviously you could too. It's a topic near and dear to both of us, but I uh, want to be respectful of your time today. We'll have to bring you back in the future for another episode because there's, there's definitely more to get into, but man, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I love to learn yeah. out about this stuff. So anytime. Nice. nice. If folks want to uh, maybe say hi, you know, reach out, anything like that. Oh, how, yeah. how might they do that? They could reach out on LinkedIn. It's Safe Salama, S-E-I-F. I mean, you're probably listening to this and it's in front of you. So, And then if you want to email me to chat or anything, it's safe at Carta.com. So reach out anytime. Right on. Yeah. And if you're in tech and living under a rock and haven't checked out Carta, have a look because everyone Check us out. That. We also have right open on. roles. So if you want to join the team, let me know. Right on. Right on. Thanks, Safe. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks, Blake. Bye. Hey, Blake here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Launch Notes podcast. If you work on a product team, whether you're in product management, product marketing, product ops, or any other supporting function, go check out the Launch Awesome community. Hundreds of the top product minds from companies like Google, Atlassian, Twilio, and more are in the community sharing their expertise every day. This free Slack community is a great place to connect with and learn from real product leaders, actual practitioners who are in the trenches building and launching products at some of the most exciting startups and SaaS companies around. To join, head to the link in the show notes or just do a quick search for Launch Awesome and it'll come right up. Finally, if you're a fan of this show, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be first to know about new episodes. And of course, we'd be thrilled if you left us a review. Reviews not only help other people find the show, but also just lets us know which content you find most valuable so we can create even more of it. Thanks again for being here.